Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to your show. Here's my mom, Amanda Wacky. Amanda Radke here for another episode of the Heart of Rural America podcast, where we highlight great people doing inspiring things in rural America. And today's guest is a very special one. And I got to tell you guys, it's taken like an act of Congress to get us <laughs> both in the same spot at the same time, because we're both just running at all times. So please welcome to the show, Jenna Paulette, the one and only. Thank you for being on and taking the time. Thank you for having me. And what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> now, where on the dusty trail are you today? Yes, I'm in Nashville today. I just got in from Texas yesterday and worked cattle over the weekend and did all that and have more shows coming up. So I kind of keep one foot in Nashville and one foot on a ranch. And it's kind of the best of both worlds for me. I have always kind of followed your career and I, I really value whether it's someone that's speaking at a conference or someone that's in the entertainment business like you. Authenticity means so much to me that there's country music singers out there that they look the part, they wear the cowboy boots, they sing the right lyrics, but they don't really live our life. They don't understand. And I think what makes you really special and unique is your boots on the ground authenticity, the fact that you're rooted in agriculture, in the cattle business, and you're taking our values and beliefs to Nashville and sharing those stories. And so I just want to thank you for that, but I would love to hear kind of your journey from cowgirl to country music singer and what does that look like? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. And I think being a cowboy growing up in a family that had a cow-calf operation was, I mean, it was why I decided to sing country music. I was watching my granddad who very much reminded me of George Strait and, you know, his look and, and the way that he, you know, acted and the things that George chose to sing about and the life that he lived, you know, cause he, he really did, you know, team rope on the weekends and, and sing country music as well. And so I think I just grew up thinking that that was like, I knew I could sing and, mm -hmm and country music was my life. And so I saw examples like George and like Reba who had both lived the lifestyle that I was living and it was just the most natural trajectory in the world. And I think it wasn't until I got to Nashville where I realized that people here just like country music and chose to come here to write it without having really lived it. And I'm so thankful that they love country music. So it's not a knock at all, but it was right. weird to me that that was the case when it was very opposite the privilege that I had to grow up in it. And yeah, uh, yeah so it, I don't know, it was my reason for singing at all. I mean, I sang wide open spaces to a pasture full of cows, 
um, at the top of my lungs. And that was where I was like, Wide Open Spaces was where I was introduced to country music Uh and very much in line with what I was living. So yeah, it just felt very natural to me. And as I got older and realized how important it is to represent and live what you sing, I was like, I am not going to not be on a ranch and working at every point in my career because it's what is going to keep me grounded and what makes what I sing about worth anything at all. Yeah, absolutely. Now you have a song called country and the girl. Tell us a little bit about that because I think that kind of like plays (laughs) into the theme of like that authenticity that you're not wearing the cowboy hat just because it looks cool. It's (laughs) not to be a gatekeeper, but there is a difference. Like if you you not understand the blood, sweat and tears, this industry takes, it has a different meaning. I think. Absolutely. I don't just wear it because I think it's cool. I mean that when you were in that lyric video, weren't you? I think so. I think throw in a bucket or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think you were feeding bowls or something like that. I'm going to have to go share that clip now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I I reached out to a lot of girls in agriculture to be a part of that video. And it's funny because I I turned that song into my publisher here in Nashville and my manager. And they were like, Jenna, are you sure you want to call out vegans in the first four lines of the song? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like there's, you know, it's, it's done in a funny way. And, you know, I, I say for those who haven't heard the song, I heard she's vegan and she grew up on the West Coast. And I was like, people like me are just going to get it. And they're going to yeah. think it's funny. And I've tried to change it, you know, just to show them how right it was to sing it that way. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, I guess we're going to do it. And I was like, you know, this is going to be the thing that gives people a reason to root for me mm-hmm. is because I'm them. And really it, it's the song that started it all for me because I think people felt seen in our industry in the ag world that hadn't really felt seen, especially by a female in country music in a really long time. Yeah. So I'm super thankful for it. It was kind of a grassroots thing. I mean, it was never really on the radio, I'm sure for obvious reasons, but. um, Isn't that the thing though? Like the real country music that I believe everyone needs to hear is kind of underground. It's But when it can pop through and rise in popular culture, it's like the people resonate with it. So it's amazing to me how the record labels sometimes miss the whole thing and this like formula that they follow. I'm like, I don't want another girl in cutoff shorts on the back of the pickup yes. truck song. Like I just oh. don't. Yes. <laughs> not my life. So because we, we look at it and we're like, that's just not real. Like it sounds good and it's catchy, but it's not real. Like we don't like, maybe I wear cutoffs, like go to the store. Maybe yeah. I can't even remember the last time I wore a pair of cutoff shorts. <laughs> right. I mean, I wear them when I was younger, but like, I don't know. That's just not that's not the thing on a Friday night, you know, right, right, right. just be in my Wranglers in a white shirt or, you know, like whatever, yeah. you know, be sweaty with a ball cap or a cowboy hat on and like I am right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like shiny, but it, that's what makes it so good. It does. It does. And now going back to how you use like your social media followers or people in agriculture kind of as a crowdsource, you have another song. I missed the deadline on this one, but talk about like the love ballad, the where Um, you had couples. Anywhere the wind blows. Yes. Yes. You know, we were like, I just loved the fact that we had so many people that participated in Country and the Girl and we hadn't done it in a minute. And Uh, I think country love and cowboy love is the best love. Like, I don't know. There's just something so endearing about it. Like you have two people that aren't necessarily perfect and who just 
so perfect together in their cowboy yeah. hat and their little cow kids. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. And I think the cowboy and the, and the farmer are America's heroes. And so when we get to glorify that kind of love, it's just a beautiful thing. And it's usually people that are trying to stick with each other and kind of have a legacy of that. And it's hard, you know, so, yeah. so I want to use real people and not just, you know, people that are, you know, quote unquote, pretty and perfect and look like models. Right. No, I love that. I've been married to Tyler for 13 years and we've been in the cattle business the whole time. And rarely a day goes by that we're not like after each other or like yes. you know, the cattle can bring out the best oh. in people, but it can bring out the worst in people yeah. too. But it's like, if you would ask us both separately, what else would you rather be doing and who else would you rather be doing it with? It's like, it's each other and we're not perfect. We're definitely not perfect people together even, but like we are so committed to, to marriage and life and this business together. And I think, I think that's what you were able to accomplish is putting some of that forward of like life is messy and hard and not this glamorous romance movie. It's, this is real life and these are real people. And so I, I just love that, that you were able to crowdsource in that regard. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting, a cattle business consulting service with a purebred Angus focus. I recently joined the CK6 crew and I would love to connect with you at an upcoming sale. Check out the sale calendar at ck6consulting.com to learn more about opportunities to invest in elite Angus genetics coming from our progressive and innovative clients who truly exemplify what it means to be the heart of rural America. And for all your semen needs, visit ck6source.com, an online stud service that features some of our clients' top performing bulls. Give Chris Earle, Wes Teeman, Cody Fleeman, or myself a call with any questions or business inquiries you may have. CK6 is all about families helping families, and I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it. And to kind of talk a little bit about some of the things you share on social media that's really real and raw, you know, I talking about men, especially, you had written a post and maybe you can give us some context behind what inspired it. But you wrote, my heart's heavy this morning and thoughts are swirling around my mind. I've been blessed to be surrounded by good, strong men, men that love our country and women that poured love and lessons into me and my siblings. I know everyone is not that lucky, but these are perilous times. We all have a choice in a world that doesn't know truth. Search it out in a world that sits on the fence. Stand for something. In a world that doesn't know right from wrong, use reason. In a world that moves too fast, move with intention. In a world that would rather be entertained, think. Grow up, man up, don't trade entertainment for your opportunity to be part of the solution for the world's problems. Play your part in the time God placed you on this earth. You're here for a reason. Oh, man. I was watching the news with my mom that morning. And man, it's just heavy. Like these times that we're living in are heavy and scary. And I was just thinking about the part that Ross and I play and, and the, the part that my grandfathers and my dad and my brother have played in my life. And I just have been so blessed to be around men that are like good and hardworking and men that have a lot of conviction about what is right and wrong. And mm -hmm. I just think it is such a gift and an honor to be around men like that and 
and women that have supported them and then instilled those values in me as well. And I just think if there's not somebody speaking about and caring about and honoring what that looks like in our culture, it's going to be lost. And so I just feel very, I feel not a burden because it's not a burden at all, but like a, a weight on me to share positive examples of masculinity and mm-hmm. femininity in a world that doesn't even know how to define what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. And just in a very, you know, encouraging way, show them that it's a good thing yeah. and um, that men and women are a beautiful complement to each other when they step into their roles and, and play them, you know, to the highest standard that they can. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know. I just feel very called to just be an example of that and, and do my best and then also show people examples of what that looks like. Yeah. No, I, well, that's why I love you because that's like, <laughs> I, I feel such a burden. And again, it's not a burden, but an, an urgency yeah. to kind of bring that back into the culture. And maybe it's because I'm raising three sons or, yeah. you know, maybe it's because I've realized that I don't bring the same things to the table that my husband does. I, I bring different skills and I'm not competing against a man. I'm, I'm complimenting him and we're a team. But it, for me, it probably started, it was several years ago. There was a gal in agriculture that wrote this blog post about how she would wear sparkly shorts to the sale barn. And then she would document all the terrible sexist things the cowboys would say to her, which I'm like, of course they're going to pick on you, you know? You're wearing sparkle shorts. Yes. Like if you dress crazy, you're going to get picked on no matter what. You're in a sale barn. They're they're bored. But her her whole point was sexism and agriculture is running rampant. And for me, I started writing for Beef Magazine. I was 19 years old. My average reader was a 55-year-old man. And I've never been treated with anything but respect and dignity and like show up, do the job, do well, and you can be a part of the cowboy club. It's it's, that's, that's all, that's the cowboy way, but there's bad apples. And I'm sure you've run into it too in, in agriculture and the entertainment Mm. world. But by and large, I want my sons to say, I am this masculine man and someday, and I'm willing to protect a woman, open the door for her, be tough and strong and steady and all those things. And Somehow that can't be that we're pushing women down in the process. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think it's because I grew up working with men all the time and once felt less than, I mean, I always felt like I was fully capable to do whatever job they asked me to do. And I I was honored when they asked me to do jobs. It was like, Jenna, go get that calf, get it in the right pasture. Yes, sir. And it might have taken me a minute, you know, if I wasn't really asked me to do that, but they asked me to do it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so there was a beautiful expectation of me as a female and a respect of me as a female. But I also knew that a man was capable of more than me physically. And so I, and I never thought that was bad ever. Yeah. I mean, yes, my, obviously my uncles and my grandfather knew a lot more than me because they were older than me. And (laughs) that's not a bad thing either because I learn from people all the time. You know, I work on ranches. I day work all the time. I work for men and I'm on cowboy cruise where I am the only female. I love it. (laughs) And it's like, I love it. And and I love learning from people. I let people teach me things about horses, things about cattle. People do it differently everywhere. Mm -hmm. The climate's different or whatever. Mm -hmm. The way they lay out their pastures. Like I grew up with 40 acre pastures sections. And then, I mean, where we work, it's like 8,000 acre sections, you know, it's just, 
there's always something to learn. And, and I think just taking a position of humility and then also um, just knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and filling in where you can, that's what makes you yeah. capable. I agree. That's always been my mentality. It's like the more I learn about the cattle business, the more I realize how much I have yet to learn. And if you put yourself in a position to have really great mentors and people around you and different experiences, the things you can learn, if you don't approach it as I've already conquered it all, I already know it all. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it is a level of humility, but that's also the cowboy way, right? It's yes. Like humble, work hard and have grit and just yep. get the job done. And so, yes. Oh, I knew we were going to be besties even though we've <laughs> never met. <laughs> so to kind of switch gears to a little heavy topic, you have yeah. a new song out. Yeah. That kind of shows strong men, it's okay yep. to be hurting too at times. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So You Ain't No Cowboy, it's it's a song that I wrote with Red Akins, who sings That Ain't My Truck. He's Thomas Rhett's dad. And my buddy, Will um, Bundy, who produced my first record that came out in March. And um, we had been talking. I mean, Rhett's awesome. He's like a man's man. And Will grew up in a family with a cow-calf operation as well. So it's just very like common ground, you know, yeah. and I had a book called Comanche moon or the empire of the summer moon about the last great Comanche chief, Cornell Parker. Sorry, too much information, but no, love it. it's what sparked the idea. Um, so I had that sticking out of my bag and Rhett was like, that's one of the best books I've ever read. And I was like, well, I love history. And we started talking about cowboys and the Western front and the way that that changed over the years. And that got us to talking about Cheyenne frontier days and him opening for George Strait. And how that was one of his favorite shows he's ever played. And how cowboy culture is very much more about wearing a hat right now because it's cool mm -hmm. than the character that it comes with. Live up to living under this hat because it's an mm -hmm. honor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I have this title. It's called You Ain't No Cowboy, but I don't want to call people out. I want to be like, hey, you know, you can do the job. You've got miles on your saddle. You've got, you know, scars on your knuckles from everything that it takes to do this job but the character that you have isn't what it takes to be a cowboy and when we were thinking about what to do for this music video i was like what if this guy comes back around and does live up to the standard of living under the hat and ross the love of my life is a recovered alcoholic and he had issues with substance abuse and when I was talking through what this idea should be, he was like, what if we told my story about getting sober? And what if we talked about, you know, whatever mental issues come with that? And I think a lot of times when you get in that depressive estate and you feel so weighted down by circumstance and by addiction and you don't mm -hmm. feel like you ever make a choice to do the right thing and quit, mm -hmm. a lot of times comes with a feeling of absolute failure. And he faced, you know, wanting to end his life. We were like, we're not going to leave any part of it out because I think the toughness and the grit that comes with being cowboy is actually being able to rise to the occasion no matter what the circumstances. He's been sober for five years and I didn't even know him when he was drinking. We met shortly after he quit and he was in another relationship. I was in another relationship. And then it just all kind of worked out timing wise. But he was like, I wouldn't be with you if I, was, if I wasn't sober. And there are a lot of things in his life that wouldn't look the way that they do right now. And he's got all these great men around him that have all come up to me and been like, Jenna, he is one of the best men I know. And I'm like, 
I know he is, you know, but I think being one of the best men people know comes with, you know, being really, really honest about what you do struggle with and then doing what it takes to get the help you need and overcome those issues. And, you know, just what we wanted to do was give men that are in the toughest industry there is Mm -hmm. the opportunity to see that it's also tough and gritty to face yourself. And that Mm -hmm. might be hardest thing they ever do. Yeah. So I want to make sure to say this on the show, but you, you mentioned in the, the notes of the music video release that if you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, help is available 24-7. Call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. How, what has the response been? Gosh, it's been amazing. And you know, it's it's been public response, but more than anything, I've gotten so many personal messages. Yeah. Of- that are either struggling themselves or have overcome and how much it has meant to them to see an example of what that looks like and that they're yeah. dancing with their wives in their kitchen to you ain't no cowboy crying, talking, Aww. overcoming all of that, or people that are asking me to pray for them. And I take that responsibility so seriously because I've seen, I'm living on the other side of somebody's victory. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see as many people as possible also get to enjoy that because it really is such a gift to be able to be loved by Ross and I'd just be a crying shame if anybody was lost to that. The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop, and growing to an international supplier of high-quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Linz is a four-generation family-owned business. The Linz Heritage Angus Program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product, a focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle allows Fred Linz and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at lindsheritageangus.com and shop for beef at shoplinds.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A, Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green Real Tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it.
So this is a perfect example of what I talk about in my speeches to young people of like finding your passion, but putting a purpose to it. That The fact that we can show this as a, a prime example of you using your musical talents to help others, like with a servant heart, who knows how many lives you've saved or impacted or touched at the right time through your art. I, I just... Like, want to congratulate you on that and thank you because I'm sure there's a lot of different songs that come your way that you could be singing that would be just like instant catchy <laughs> or something. But like, this is the stuff. This is an impact that you can make. And I guess if I could just add an aside, you know, I, I speak on the road a lot and sometimes I'll, quite often mental health comes up in my presentations. Yeah. And it's amazing how quickly the oxygen can leave the room when you start oh, yeah. talking about it but yet it's exactly what people need to hear because in agriculture, we see that so much of our identity is wrapped up in the success of the farm and yeah. the ranch. And if it's not going well, or if we lose it, like who are we without it? And of course, that's when my faith comes in. It's like yeah. all these cows could go away. I'm yeah. still a daughter of a king and I, I still have Jesus. So I'm okay. But we can lose sight of that really quickly, I think, with just like... What is my life supposed to look like in yeah. agriculture? Have you run into people struggling with that kind of dynamic listening to this song? Yes, especially because I think there's a there's a part of it as well that comes with, you know, the cowboy culture, you know, like mm -hmm. you have X amount of cows by the or you you should be sixth generation and have it no. passed down. And you know, people are ashamed of themselves if they're starting out with nothing, but we yeah. need people starting out with nothing yes, as much please. as these six generation ranchers. Yep. You know? And so I think there's like a depression that comes with a lot of things that are completely out of our control, totally. whether, you know, those things or, you know, the weather or your calf crop gets sick and, you know, you lose a bunch of them. There's just a million things that we can't control at all. And, um, and I think we are afraid of what that looks like to people who don't understand us mm -hmm. and who don't deal with the struggles on a daily basis or who would think we didn't do a good enough job or, you know, whatever. And there are just things that we really, really, really can't control and that we have to let go of in order to, I don't know, live in a way that has purpose and, and it is representative of this way of life, but in a way that takes some of the pressure off mm -hmm. because, I mean, it's a, it's a year to year thing too. Like you're going to have mm -hmm. great have terrible years and where yeah. we just go, okay. And both are in God's hands, the better off we'll all be. Oh, absolutely. And I, I see actually a lot of hope. I work with a consulting company right now and there's so many first generation ranchers that are getting into this building a name. I mean, quite frankly, even though I have multiple generations in my family, Tyler and I are essentially first started from scratch. And I mean, we did a whole herd dispersal this year and we are kind of starting over. And I've been telling my story more because it's like, we kind of had to hit this brick wall and figure out this wasn't working and then say, okay, but can we pivot? Can we do something yeah. different? What does and, it look like for us? Yes. And does that, does it mean we failed or does it mean we just needed to take a different path? And so, so often I think when we hit those roadblocks, we think, oh man, we failed because it didn't go how we expected. But that's the cattle business. It's oh yeah. <laughs> it'll humble you. It'll just it every time you think you got it going on, there's something. But oh. it's like, but it's also that challenge, I think, that makes it so fun. It's oh yeah. 
but you can get upside down on it real quick too on uh, the other end of it. Yeah. And then you think you should have X head, you know, of cattle yep. to, that qualifies you to be a rancher. Yes. Or yeah. And I just tell people all the time, they're like, I want to get into it. I'm like, then get into it. Yep. Find somebody you can learn from and whether you're just helping them on the side until you feel comfortable, you know, moving forward or, or what, you know, like you're a part of it and that's what is going to grow agriculture. And I, I just believe so firmly this is kind of off topic, but it's, it's the truth. I'm just such a firm believer that if agriculture can stay in American families, our country will be much better off. So I'm like, whatever part you want to play in that, just do it, please. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, my whole thing these days is trying to encourage ranchers to become price makers instead of price takers. Because yes. You know, we have the big four that control 85% of the beef supply and guys aren't getting a fair price for what they do. And at some point we have to say, we have all the leverage. We have the land, we have the livestock, like yep. we have control of the food and people love beef. Even if they want to cram slime down our throats, they want beef. They so want how beef. can we get paid for it? But that's a weird conversation to have with a cowboy that's just used to taking what he gets, you know? Yeah. And it's that like, just like loves their job and doesn't necessarily want to even think about the money side of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's so many of them too. And so many of us, I guess, I don't want to put that on anybody, but like both sides are just so like one that we don't understand the value of what we do. And yep. then it's overwhelming to us to think about how we would accomplish such a feat. Right. And so I think what I've found is finding good people to surround myself with that are saying like, yeah, we could talk about Congress all day long. We could talk about foreign beef. We could talk about all these factors that are tripping us up and making our jobs way harder than they need to be, whether it's regulation or activists or whatever. But what can I control and don't let fear drive my decision-making and then like take ownership of the results. If it didn't yep. work, own up to it and fix it. And the only way I think I can accomplish that in my own business or for anybody else is by having a good community of people, which is yes. what I hope this podcast becomes, that we start connecting the dots with people and, and help them on their pathway forward, which is a really cool tie-in with your music because I think that's what your music starts giving yeah. people the opportunity to have hard conversations that... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then they maybe avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know, you you kind of touched on this earlier, but somebody asked me the, the other day, they were like, well, you know, if you're singing country music and like you do a music video like this, like what, why, you know? And I'm like, well, because it's got to be about something more than me because people are going to forget about, you know, some hit song that hit top 10 on the radio in five years. Like yeah. some people don't even know what, you know, song was a number one or, you know, some random song comes on and they're like, who is that? And maybe they know the words, but they don't know what that person stood for. And I would much rather have something that means something that stands for something that changes things that exposes the things that I care about as kind of a tool that, you know, is bigger than music in some ways. And I want that on, you know, the spiritual side of things, as far as, you know, being able to make very real representations of life, you know, through music videos, like you ain't no cowboy where, you know, have a very real person who is struggling and who has also overcome. And then also be a good example within the ag industry of how to educate people. 
because you know I have people that come up to me at shows and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I've never even seen somebody saddle a horse. That's real. Like you guys actually <laughs> ride those things." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, indeed. Yeah, it's just so funny I think people are so disconnected from like they're so connected to their grocery store. They're not connected at all to their farmer or rancher, and we can't yeah. even get dressed without a farmer. And I just think it's a beautiful kind of fun thing for me to just get to be a living example of somebody that, you know, loves this way of life and and who gets the opportunity to live it too. I love it. So in a few weeks, you're headed to Vegas for the NFR. Talk about, and I'm thinking, so the whole time I'm like, I'm sitting here in my cow chasing clothes, like wet as a dog (laughs) getting rained on. And I'm looking at your cute cowgirl hat and I'm like, do you know, I've never worn a cowgirl hat. Like I, in a weird way, I don't feel like I deserve to wear one. Like it's a weird weird thing. So first things first, you're going to have to take me cowboy hat shopping in Vegas. So we're. I think our paths are finally going to cross, fingers crossed, in Vegas. But tell us what you're doing specifically in Vegas. Where can people see you at the NFR? Yeah, so my, my schedule is pretty much loading up the 13th through the 16th, which is the last day. The 13th, I'm singing the anthem on military night, which I'm so proud Aww. that means the world to me. So I'm going to be doing that on the 14th. I believe I'm doing the Teton Ridge Cowboy Channel like performance that's on the Cowboy Channel and leading up to the NFR round, whatever that is, that night. And then the 15th, I'm probably going to have something. I just don't know what yet. <laughs> and then the 16th, it's me and Wade Bowen at Resorts World after the rodeo. So well, that's what piqued my interest because two weeks ago on the show, an episode with Leighton Woodbury, the number one. Yep fighter in the world right now who's going to be competing at the BFO at Resorts World the 14th or the 16th. And he's a family friend of ours. And so we're we're thinking about, we're trying to get chore help lined up so Tyler and I can go. But 18-year-old kid just going to fight so the cool. good fight. And yeah, I just he love days last year just we went over there for fun to watch it's amazing it's so i mean these people are maniacs i don't know who does this for fun but yeah, you know they do he does <laughs> they do they do it's crazy so yeah i'm going to have to like connect all my little friends at the NFR but okay what else is on your agenda for for 2024 or 2023 yeah. oh my gosh 2023 I- 2023, and I'll lead into 2024 because it kind of gets there, but I am on the road with Aaron Watson all of November. Okay. And then I am getting back in the studio to cut my second record, and then also just shooting all the promo for that record, and then early next year, I'll be putting out the first couple tracks off of that, and this record is something I am so very, very proud of. I've got a lot of things kind of coming up that I'll be excited to announce soon that are involved with it, but just taking it to the nation and, you know, just on a higher level and in an elevated way. And a lot of people getting behind me in, in this little Nashville town, you know, so oh, amazing. very, very grateful for all of it. What's been a highlight of your time in Nashville? Building a, a community of songwriters that I really respect, like Red Akins and, Jim Beavers and Bryce Long and Casey Bethard and gosh, Emily Shackleton, all of these people that have written songs that I have loved forever and um, them getting in a room with me and wanting to do it again. That's my favorite thing about being in Nashville and uh, getting to make music that I love for people that I love 
on an extremely high level. I don't think I could do that anywhere else but here. Wonderful. How can people support you or, or follow you along all of your adventures? Yes, just uh, Jenna Paulette, J-E-N-N-A-P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E is my name. That's what I am on uh, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all of the things. I update all of them almost daily. And yeah, on YouTube, if you wanted to watch any of the videos that Amanda and I talked about. Yeah. So I, because I know the music world is tricky. What's the best way to support you financially to, if they're buying music or like, how do you get paid? Thank you. Getting booked for shows is a great way. And then also just listening. I mean, I've been just, my jaw's been on the floor that people actually listen to this record that I put out all the way through. I mean, that it it speaks volumes to me and and does a lot for the old checkbook as well. Just being able to know that people go in there and they listen to that album top to bottom. I love it. I love it. And and you, like, you're one of those types, you get out and work. You aren't afraid to put in the miles and work. So like this <laughs> summer, our, our cross almost passed at Missouri yes. Days well, of- Thank you so much for putting my name in that. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, I got to get you more places. I'm at events all the time. So it's like, yeah, bring the singer. I can't do that part. So- <laughs> I'll speak, you sing, and it'll be a great time. So I guess any, you know, we just have a minute left and I got to get you back to the end of the studio, but any parting words you'd like to share about, about your music or a song you'd really like people to go listen to in particular? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me and thank you for what you bring to agriculture, the education side of it and promotion side of it. I just appreciate it so much and I'm so inspired by you and everything you create on top of it all. So thank you for that. And then, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to be making country music and and getting to live this life that we get to live. And if they wanted to go listen to The Girl I Was, my debut record, I would be honored. Yes, we absolutely will. And I'll link everything in the show notes. So this was just, this went too fast. Jenna, you're going to have to come back again, but you're going to have to stay tuned for Instagram stories, I think, because we're going to be in the same place at the same time in Vegas. And now I just can't wait. So that's all for now on The Heart of Rural America. I'm Amanda Radke with Jenna Paulette, and we'll see you on the Dusty Trail. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you found value in the message, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe and share to help spread the word. Until next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is The Heart of Rural America.